I feel like I just got that question from someone the other day of like, what would be your birth song if you could pick any song? And I was like, I mean, I feel like the go-to is like, Push it by Salt and Pepper because like yes. a lot of people use that Push one, but I'm like, good. you know, I did see a TikTok where it was it was a TikTok of a lady. She obviously had an epidural because she was about to push her baby out and just super calm. But it was like the dad <laughs> was in there and the his mom was in there and his brother I think was like in the background and they all were like rapping. She was like singing that song. It was really cute. Epidural <laughs> is life. I tell you what. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Welcome back, you guys. We are so excited for you to be here today because we are talking about labor and delivery. We're really getting down to it today. Yes. And it's exciting because I feel like Everybody, like if you have a baby in a hospital, you probably have the same type of things that happen, but it'll be really interesting because we have an expert on that can tell us about all of it, all the commonalities and all the things that go so differently, what to expect, what to not fear, all of the things. So if you're having a baby soon, you're just going to be right up on top of knowing what's going down. (laughs) Yeah, I think like for me, like my number one like piece of advice is always to be like, expect the unexpected in a way. Like, you know, your birth plan's not yeah. always gonna go the way that you expect it to. But I do think it's really, really important to be informed. You know, I feel yeah. like no- yeah. I feel like knowledge is power. And that's why like I'm excited because Liesel, she's a labor and delivery nurse. And so she has courses that can prep you on everything to prepare you, you know, because things can go all sorts of directions. That's why I love birth stories because everybody's birth is so different. But um, I really do think that being informed is is important, especially, especially in a hospital setting where you, you know, you may want certain things done that are a little bit different than what your doctor does regularly, you know, and and if those things are important to you, then it's good to know those. I also feel like you could, you can be informed, which we're, we will do for you. Um, <laughs> but also when you go in there, I mean, there's so many things that happen that you just like are watching happy. You're like, whoa, what is this cart? Like, what's that thing? What is it going on? You know, like things all of a sudden can happen like really fast. And you're just like not ever going to know everything. Like you said, expect the unexpected because there's going to be something there that you're like, whoa. But just like you just got to go with it because they're all there to make your experience the best possible. I mean, I had both my babies in hospitals and both my experiences were just great. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, remember when I was in hospital and everybody was taking care of me? That was nice. (laughs) (laughs) But my labor and delivery nurse, I had her both times and she was so nice. And I feel like it's really important to have a good labor and delivery nurse because they're the first person, you know, you walk in the hospital, you check in and then you see this person. And if they have good energy, it really does put you in like the good baby vibes. Even if like something's happening where you're like in pain or whatever, if you have someone there that's like, oh my gosh, what an exciting day. This is going to be a great day for you. And like, do you need some, can I help you with this? You know, like it really is nice. (laughs) It really is nice (laughs) to have a friendly face when you either 
are like scared or even you're excited and you're just like in that good energy with that person. Yeah. And nurses, they do handle like way more of the, I guess, like the process of staying in a hospital after a baby than a doctor does, even during the birth. For sure. Having a baby is already, there's so much like, gosh, you know, baby comes out, there's so much blood, there's so much like everything that comes out. But even before you have the baby, you can have like diarrhea, you know, like I had, you know, there's just so much (laughs) is happening that these nurses deal with all the time and they make you feel like so okay about it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's okay that you just pooped all over the floor before your baby came. It doesn't matter. Or like, that's okay that like your water just broke all over me. Like, you're doing great. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of the times when my water had broken, but it didn't break all the way. So she like reached in to feel how dilated I was. And then it just like exploded all over oh, really? her. really? And she was so nice. <laughs> oh, and then when, well, and- during childbirth, I did pee on my doctor projectile. I remember that him. story. But when people normalize things, when you're in a predicament where it could feel a little embarrassing, it really is just like a nice, nice feeling. Yeah, I mean, it is natural. Diarrhea is one of the first symptoms, I guess, or, or predictions that you could be in labor. Yes. So, I mean, it happens it to does. a lot of us. It happens. <laughs> But I'm very excited to talk to her because I feel like, I mean, we have a million questions. And Jane, maybe you'll, since you didn't have a hospital birth, you'll be like, whoa, I'm learning something today too. I mean, (laughs) I'm going to learn something today too, even though I had two hospital births. But it's always exciting for us to learn something. Emmy was actually a hospital birth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I keep thinking you just like keep having your kids at home. But yes. Yeah, because Emmy, I went into back to basics. I had a midwife and I was going to write. I was going to have her at a um, birth center, but I went into labor at 36 weeks. Exactly. Right. 36 weeks, zero days, which was too early to safely deliver at the birth center. So I went to a hospital where my midwife could still be like, I guess, my primary caregiver. She was there to to deliver Emerson, but I had nurses. I had two nurses and then I actually had two doctors standing in the corner just to make sure when Emerson came out that everything was okay with her. Uh huh. So yeah, I actually did. I gave birth in a hospital, but it was still a little bit of a different setting. I was still able, there was a birthing pool. So I was able to labor in the pool and then get out and, and labor on the bed. And I laid out on the bed kind of in a modified hands and knees uh-huh. position, which a lot of like, if you're in a normal hospital, that would be something you would have to talk to your doctor about and see if they'll let you because a lot of them don't want you. They want you in like the, I don't know even what that position's called. Like, yeah, with your feet above your head, kind of. The laying back. Like, that, on your yeah, back and kind of seated. But the monitor on you, I didn't have a monitor on me yeah. either. Oh, okay. I was like, I forget what they call, but where they come and check the baby every once in a while. They come and monitor every once in a while. Right. So, yeah. So, I did kind of have a hospital experience. And then with Brooks, we did stay at night in the hospital because we went in the ambulance to the hospital again just to make sure everything was okay. (laughs) And (laughs) you've had like the, I've had like the normal hospital (laughs) experience. You've had like the hospital when things go a different way experience, kind of. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would say all of mine were very like adrenaline based. Yeah. Births. <laughs> yeah. 
Except Reed's. Reed's was like my peaceful birth as much as it could be. It was still a two-hour labor, but ouch. <laughs> ouch. But yeah, I love I love learning about all these. Like I'm always curious about new things that are like arising in the birth world and how yeah. babies are being delivered and how labor delivery has kind of changed over – you know, the course of history, it's changed so many different times and how people are choosing to birth now. It's really, really interesting to me. And Liesl is so informative. I love her Instagram. She has so many like good bits on there just of education for people. So go check out her Instagram if you're pregnant or if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're having more babies or whatever it may be, like you have a sister or, or, or someone in your family who's having a baby too. It's, it's just um, a good way to be informed. Yeah, for sure. I know I was looking at her Instagram today and she had things like what to expect with an epidural, which I think was really cool because I feel like a lot, I didn't really know what to expect either. And mm-hmm. she says, she shows like the stages of like what you're going to be doing and what they're going to be doing, which was really cool. Um, well, Liesl is coming up in a minute to share misconceptions about labor and delivery. And then we have another new segment to share with you guys. And I think you're going to love this one. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. So we're so excited to have you on today. We have so, so many questions for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yay. When I saw it, when I saw your name, I got really excited because Sound of Music is my favorite movie of all time. Don't ask me to sing, but yes. <laughs> Mine too. we're going to ask you a lot of other things, but we cool. won't ask you that cool. <laughs> unless you have some like labor delivery song we don't know about. No, <laughs> haven't made one of those up yet. So. <laughs> I mean, could be a good idea, a good calming <laughs> tool or something. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, there are so many. I feel like I feel like I just got that question from someone the other day of like, what would be your like at the end of the podcast? They were like, what would be your birth song if you could pick any song? And I was like, I, I mean, I feel like the go to is like Push It by Salt and Pepper because like <laughs> yes, a lot of people use that one. But I'm like, good. you know, I did see a TikTok <laughs> where it was it was a TikTok of a lady. She obviously had an epidural because she was about to push her baby out and just super calm. But it was like the dad <laughs> was in there and the his mom was in there and his brother, I think, was like in the background and they all were like rapping that song as she That's was amazing. like he, they started beatboxing and she was like singing that song. It was really cute. Just like really the baby's funny. crowning. She's like exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was very cute. Epidural is life, I tell you what. (laughs) We get tons of questions from new moms, pregnant women, nervous about what to expect. So what is your best advice for somebody who is going soon to give birth? Yeah, there's so many, right? I mean, I wish I could just say, like, learn everything that you possibly can. But really, that's kind of my advice is do (laughs) as much education as you possibly can before delivery. Um, So that's what we're all about at Mommy Labor Nurse is providing as much info as possible out there in a fun way where it doesn't feel like it's super boring to read and look at. Because we know that there is just so much out there and you feel so, so overwhelmed um, as, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been a first time, have two boys. So I've been a first time mom before. And I just know that, you know, there's like, I mean, you're like, okay, I got to start thinking about birth plans at this point. And I got to start thinking about, you know, gestational diabetes test at this point. And I have to start and it's, and then you get to the end when you're in your third trimester and you're thinking about, 
you know, okay, let me think about my registry and my baby shower and my, you know, doing the room and like, oh yeah, I don't even know if I, what are the options for pain? Do I get an epidural? Do I get that? There's like so much stuff. So we have a really, really great, it's, it's, we really should have an app, but it's like emails that we give people every single week of like what to expect in this week of your pregnancy, this is what you can expect this week. This is what's coming up. Like these are some blog articles that we read. These are some podcast episodes that I did. These are some Instagram posts that, you know, you can look at. Because I think a lot of times people even come to my page and they're like, oh, this is like so great, but I don't even know where to start because there's like so much out there. So that's purely like my best advice is just know that it's overwhelming, but just read as much as you can. I see so many first-time moms go into labor, go into birth and and come away – come away from it and say, man, I was just like, all of this stuff just happened to me and I was completely blown away. And I had no, you know, I I wish I had done this. And then their second birth, you know, they're, they're thinking, they're looking into other options. Like we have so many moms who, you know, say they had an unscheduled C-section and they're like, I wish I had known X, Y, Z. So I could have, you know, prevented this. And then they do a lot more education the second time. But yeah, education, that's what we're about at Mommy Labor Nurse. So Yeah, I think that's great because we were kind of, Carly and I were kind of talking about how like it can feel very overwhelming, especially as a new mom, but to be, and to kind of, we were saying expect the unexpected when it comes down to like labor and delivery, but being informed can feel so empowering, I feel, especially when you, you've never been through it before and it's, it's something that you're just like learn, you, it's kind of like a learning as you go, but when you're informed, you at least have that base and I've, and you can make your own choices. And I feel like that's just like trying to empower women to be, to be able to advocate for themselves and make their own choices and know, know what their options are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, I totally agree. We, agree so much that we have a couple different birth courses and we try to teach about all the different options because sometimes you fall into a trap of like, okay, like I've had people who have gone, come to my page and sent me messages about, okay, I took this super natural, natural based course, but then I ended up getting an epidural and I felt like I was a failure because of it, because I took this really, really great course about going natural and I really wanted to, but then I changed my mind and I just you know, changed my mind during birth. I wanted to get an epidural and I felt like such a failure after I took this course. So we're like, okay, I'm going to, we have, right now we have two different kinds. So there's one that's like for someone who really, really wants to go natural, but we also tell you about epidurals and about other pain options. Then we have one for moms who are like epidural. That's my, that's my jam. (laughs) So we, I give them that information obviously. And then we also have a section in there um, uh, it's called oops, I accidentally went natural, I accidentally went unmedicated because that happens as well. And we have mm-hmm. moms, I was going to say, yeah, uh, we have plenty of moms who, I mean, even with first births, it doesn't even have to be your second or your third birth that they're like, okay, I'm super set on my epidural. I'm there. We call they're married to their epidurals, like no way we're doing this without. And then they go so incredibly fast like you did, Jane. I know you had a baby in your closet. Um, They go so incredibly fast that, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And it's like super crazy traumatic. And we want to avoid that too. So we feel like if we give 
information about everything, then even if something happens that's not according to your plan or what you were, you know, set out to what you envisioned your birth was going to be like, you can come away with it with hopefully not trauma um, because you were informed. So that's what that's what we're all about. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to go the unmedicated route, but I definitely yeah. did not want to have a precipitous labor in my closet. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, <laughs> that was not the plan. And yeah. I know that happens to a lot of women. That was very validating for me. Was um, I found a community of precipitous labor, like women who had precipitous labors, and it was, I still experienced some trauma, but I'm sure um, it was very validating. Well, and. I mean, that's good that you speak on that because I know some people, I'm sure you've seen these comments of people saying, oh, wow, you went so fast. Like, that's so amazing. Like, what a crazy birth story, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but I mean, can you imagine? Like, I'm just imagine. I haven't had that happen to myself, but I'm imagining it going so fast that I couldn't even get out of my house that it would just... I mean, how do you not come away with a with a bit of trauma from that? You know, so yeah. it's like I, I, I'm sure you saw all of those comments and had feelings about. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, people all the time would say like, "Oh my God, you're so lucky you had such a fast labor," and I was, and I was like, "Oh yeah, if you only if you only knew what it feels like." Yeah. <laughs> but birth yeah. trauma can show up in any absolutely shape or form like whatever it is for you i've i've learned that too as so many women but i think being informed kind of helps with those things like cuz you can understand maybe what's going on with your body whereas like i remember my mom when she had me she was really young she was 21 and it was very overwhelming for her because she didn't know even really what was happening and she said she had no idea what like the nurses or doctors were doing and she just felt very just like which is why I'm using the word empowered. She felt very small. Like she felt just like she had to. Like um, taken advantage of. Yeah. And just had to deal with what circumstance she was in, yeah. I guess, you know, yeah. instead of like, she just felt like she didn't know what was going on at all. Yeah. No, I've heard that from a lot of women. Like I have a good friend. She, she helped me go through the first like version of my birth, birth course. Like when I was videoing it like on my iPhone in my bedroom. Um, so she helped me like just go through it and she doesn't have any kids. And that was one of the things that she said. She was like, wow, after I went through it, I didn't realize that you actually had had a choice in in a lot of these things. Like she and her name is Michelle. She told me like she's a huge fan of Bachelor. So she was like, if you say my Hi, name. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> she's like, if you say my name on that podcast, like I'm going to go crazy. So I was like, okay, I'll do my best. I do my best. So she's a huge fan of you guys. But anyways, that is what she said after she came through because – yeah, I mean, I think you, I, I mean, it's it's good to trust your doctor and your provider, of course, but a lot of people don't realize that you do have choices. You are in control of your situation, and it's super, super important to find, I mean, like with the utmost importance to find a provider who you trust and you feel like hears you, listens to you. But yeah, at the end of the day, you have choices. You don't have to do just what you know, your provider always 100% of the time says. Was there anything that shocked you, not shocked you, but you felt differently about after having birthed your own children and gone through the process yourself? 
Yeah, totally. So I went unmedicated natural the first, both times, but the first time. And I felt like I had a lot more empathy for people. First of all, just going through labor and giving birth because wow, it hurts. (laughs) And I could just empathize a lot, a lot closer with my patients. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it just helped my practice overall, being able to, being able to empathize with your patients because you've actually been through it is, I mean, there's there's so much value in that. I know plenty of labor and delivery nurses that I work with who don't have children who are fabulous nurses, like some that are older and like couldn't have children and they are fabulous, fabulous nurses, but there's just a piece of it that's a little bit different. So I would say that that was a big part, big piece for me is being able to really, really empathize with my patients. Not that I wasn't before, of course, but it's just different when you've been through it yourself and you say, I know what you're going through. I know it it does. You know, this is, this is probably going to happen next. This is probably going to happen next girl. I know it is bad, but you can do it. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I feel you like that transition where you're like, you're like, I've been there. You can get through this. That's like definitely the hardest part. I you feel. go a little, you go a little like crazy eyes and <laughs> it's okay. You can call me a B word if you need to call me a B word or you can call me whatever you want to call me. It's okay. I mean, I've, that's, that's, I, I've talked about that before too, is like, you know, early labor is like, you're kind of smiling, you know, okay. Like these hurt, like I'm excited that I'm in labor, but like these hurt. Okay. And then active labor, you're like, okay, this, like this doesn't hurt anymore. You're like, you're getting a little bit more serious. Like jokes aren't really funny, funny anymore. And then transition, <laughs> you're like, like crazy face, like, Whoa, like, Whoa, I'm almost done. <laughs> so yeah, you people I go a little bit crazy. I don't understand you natural label labor people. <laughs> I, I just, I think why Carly, like, that? Carly said she was making jokes with her doctor the whole time. Oh, yeah. We were just chilling. I mean, that sounds great, too. Like I said, if I don't think there's a third baby in the future, but who knows? But third baby, I, I'm I, even with second baby, I was very curious about what an epidural w- birth would be like. And now, like if there's ever if there's a third baby, which, like I said, I don't think there is going to be, but there is one. I think I would very much contemplate it the next time <laughs> because like. You know, I've done it. I've done it twice now. Like, okay, well, I'll see what the other side is about. I just don't know if you did it once and it hurt so bad. Why do you do it again? What is that inside you that says like, this go is ahead, a good Jade. idea? I'll, go ahead. <laughs> for okay, so for me, it is like it is the like the most intense, f- painful thing, but it is also the most like fascinating for me it was spiritual it gives you almost like it gave me almost like a high like it was yeah. like you're so much so much so much in pain and, and you're not and your baby's here and you're just like oh is this what like people say when they have like a runner's high I mean I also of, don't yeah. run kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> because someone the other day was like in the middle of running like you get this euphoria and I'm like that it is no sort of but that then way. that's like running you're running though <laughs> it's sort of that way because you're still hurts yeah you're still running because your body is producing all these hormones, like your body is designed to produce all these hormones while you're going through labor. So you're feeling like the oxytocin, you're feeling like, you know, there's some adrenaline, but you're also like, you can feel your baby move. Like I could feel like when I, you know, when I went into transition, you can feel your baby crowning, you can feel everything. And to me, like that was just so like grounding. An amazing, yeah. yeah, grounding, 
unlike anything else I'll ever experience in my life experience. So for me, that's what was worth it, it you know, and then after the baby comes out, it's, you don't think about the pain, it's gone and you have your baby and, and just like it is with an epidural, you know, your baby comes out and you have your baby and it's just that moment. But I don't know. I just, I was like, I have this so many chances maybe in my life to experience this. And I just being me, it's, I just wanted it's to It's just feel so it. interesting how people are so different. Yeah. No, it, mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody's It's a different. total like personality thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I no, wonder totally. too what the, what is the percentage of people that do like epidural that breastfeed or don't breastfeed versus like the people that do natural labor and breastfeed and don't breastfeed? Because I do feel like it's almost like maybe what it seems like you have this connection with your baby while it's coming out and you chose to have like almost this connection with your baby as it's coming, which I chose not to have, which mm-hmm. I also didn't even breastfeed for very long. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm curious. I'm sure there is some sort of connection, but like with my birth with Brooks, because it was traumatic for me, right. I actually totally didn't different. feel the connection. I, I felt very disconnected from Brooks. And so um, my breastfeeding experience was really hard with him because of, I had postpartum depression and it just, I didn't have that experience, but I did have that with my other children. So I think it's just circumstantial also, but probably yeah, a lot of personality. Probably. I have a question that I feel like people have asked me a lot and I never can give them a straight up answer because like, I don't know. I just like, well, one, I got an epidural Two, Like, I don't know the answer. What are you supposed to do when you push? How do you know the right way to push? Yeah, so it kind of depends. So if you have, if you don't have an epidural, you usually know when it's time to push because you get a lot, a lot of pressure down there. And it's kind of, I mean, I would say there's a couple different ways. Like some people like what's called open glottis pushing. So you're just kind of, you know, working with your body and not being directed by anybody and using a lot of, you know, your mouth is nice and open, you're screaming and you're just, you know, working with your body, pushing down your baby. Um, Now, with an epidural, that's probably why you're asking me this question, because with epidural moms, a lot of times, you, you know, you still feel pressure, but it's a little bit harder to feel exactly how to push your baby down. So with epidural moms, you still can do that open glottis pushing and, you know, try to push w- with your body the way that your body is telling you to. But with epidural moms, I usually usually do directed pushing with them, at least to start. Um, so that's just you know, I'm saying, okay, when you feel contraction, because usually with an epidural, you still can at the end feel contractions, not painful ones, but you feel that pressure Mm -hmm. come on. Yeah. You definitely feel a little bit. If you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Some people don't, but most people do. Most people have, you know, a good working epidural is when it's, it's working well enough to control your pain, but you're still feeling the pressure of baby's head and you're able to still move your legs around a bit, but they kind of feel numb. Your my legs felt like sacks of sand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they feel very heavy. You can't yeah. feel temperature changes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So with pushing, a lot of times, you know, I'll have a mom and she just got an epidural and she says, oh, I feel like I have to poop or I feel like a lot of pressure down there. And I check her and she's complete 10 centimeters. And so then I say, okay, so what we're going to do, the next contraction, when you feel contraction, you know, you're going to get your legs back. Or if she's on her side, you're going to get one leg up. Or if you want to push, start pushing on your hands and knees. If I feel like baby's in an odd position, I might start you know, pushing with her on hands and knees or in a different position. Um, so we start pushing and I say, okay, 
you know, get a leg back or get both legs back and take a big deep breath in and hold it like you're going, like you're jumping into a cold pool. Um, because a lot of times what people say, what people do is they say, ah, ah, and they don't, you know, they don't hold, hold their breath with that guided pushing. So it's not, you know, with open glottis pushing, with non-directed pushing, can push however you want. And a lot of times you're successful with not holding your breath and you push your baby out just fine. And I say, just work with your body, push how it feels good. Okay. But with moms who have epidurals, sometimes they need a little bit more guidance. They need to hold their breath some to really, you know, work in the right spot. So I say, okay, you know, take a big deep breath in, hold it like you're jumping into a pool of water and bear down like you're pooping. So we want to, you know, push as hard as you possibly, you know, hard as you can. We're going to try and hold that for six to 10 seconds and then breathe out, breathe back in. We do that about three to four times with each contraction. And, you know, we kind of see what works if that position's working well for you and you like pushing like that. We keep going as long as baby's descending and coming down. If it's not working so well, Maybe we go onto your side. Maybe we go onto your hands and knees. We try a different position. Maybe we try some non-directed pushing and you just kind of give like little kind of slow grunty pushes. Um, But yeah, everybody's a little bit different. But I would say that's probably the most popular way to Is it common for hospital births to do different positions? Like I only ever knew the position with like my legs up where you're kind of like sitting up. Right. Yeah. So I think the trend is we're starting to be more informed about um, doing different positions during pushing and during delivery is good for mom. It's good for baby. Um, But I would say generally, yes, most hospital settings, they people are still pushing on their backs with their legs back. Now, what I would say to that is I'm not super anti push only push on your back only do directed pushing. You know, some some people are very like, you know, don't ask, you have to make sure to tell them not to push on your back. Okay, that, you know, that's fine. But I'm more like, if you're comfortable on your back, like I was, ve- even without an epidural, I was very comfortable pushing like pretty much on my back or kind of a little bit on my side. So that's what I would tell moms is like, okay, you do have other options, but you might find that it's like pretty comfortable to push on your back and it's pretty effective. Now, I think there was just a study that came out not too long ago that said that if you have an epidural, it's actually, you get a lot more, uh, it's a lot more effective if you're pushing on your side. So we're starting to see that a little bit more become the trend. But yeah, I think it's just, you know, still years of that's the way that it's been done. And that's the way it's been taught in medical school and when we go, you know, right. in rotations and everything. So it's just breaking that trend. So, but I would say, yes, unfortunately, to answer your question, that that is still, still the common position. Yeah. I figured that, but I didn't. So but like hospitals that are allowing you to do like more like different positions is I know there's like peanut balls and stuff. Is that something that the hospital would provide? Or if you were like, I want to like, you know, see what feels comfortable for me and try different positions. Do you have to bring your own peanut ball? You usually don't have to bring your own peanut ball. Most hospitals do have those if they have them. Um, what is a peanut ball? Oh, yeah. I don't think I have a picture of one. So a peanut ball is like you know what an exercise ball is, like a yoga yeah. ball? It's basically like that material, but it looks like a peanut. Oh, could, okay. So what is it supposed to, what does it do? Yeah. So a peanut ball is great because it 
uh, what we do with them, they're great for moms who have epidurals. Good. If you want to try it, you know, without an epidural, that's fine too. But they're really, really great for moms who have epidurals. So what we do with them is we'll get you on your side and put that peanut ball, like kind of sits perfectly in between your legs. So it gets your legs kind of like open and relaxed. So it really, really helps get that baby engaged into your pelvis and helps with dilation. Because, uh, oh yeah, because a lot of times what we see is, you know, mom's maybe stalling or slowing down a little bit after she gets an epidural. And it's just because baby's in kind of a little bit of a funky position. So getting, turning onto your side and then getting that peanut ball between your legs to help open up your pelvis a bit, a little bit more can really help baby turn a little bit more and help push, you know, get baby, you know, right in that right spot. So, so you can dilate a little bit quicker, but to answer your question, Jade, um, most of the time, no, you don't have to bring your own peanut balls. I'm blessed that I work at a really big hospital, so we have a lot of resources. But I would counsel moms, you know, if you're not sure, a lot of times if you ask your OBGYN or your midwife, they will know if the hospital that you're delivering at what kind of tools that they have. And then they can, you know, say, oh, actually we don't have XYZ. I know you want XYZ. Make sure you bring your own or, oh yeah, we do have a bunch of peanut balls. No problem. Like we can hook that up for you. Oh yeah. I was just curious because I've seen that become more of a common theme is, um, a lot of the Instagram accounts that I follow that are like yours, um, show like peanut balls. And I think they're kind of a cool tool. Peanut balls are great. Um, Another thing that we, that I like to do that's almost exactly the same thing as a peanut ball. Sometimes, sometimes we only have like we only have like five or six peanut balls on the floor. So if they're all being used at the same time, the same position is is like it gives the same benefit. If you just get on your side and put the stirrup, put one stirrup on the side, and then just put your leg on top of the stirrup. Oh yeah. So it's like the same kind of position. So that's perfect. So you don't have to have any anything else. You know, it's just part mm-hmm. of the bed. So. Interesting. You yeah. guys are so smart. We try. <laughs> you know, we try. <laughs> okay. So where can we, all the new moms out there, find your courses? Where can we find you? Where can we get all of this information at our fingertips? Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram. So I'm at mommy.labornurse on Instagram. And I'm usually on my story every single day. We do Q&As on the weekends. And then my courses are just at mommylabornurse.com. I also have a podcast of my own. That's the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast where people can connect as well. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. I, I've i learned. I've had <laughs> hospital births and I learned things today. It's Yay. very exciting. That's always my goal. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you so, so, so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks. So we're so excited to incorporate a new advice segment called Dear Mommies. So many of you guys DM us and call us asking for advice, and we want to get answering all of your questions the best we can. This portion of our podcast will always be kept anonymous. You can ask us any advice you have from pregnancy to mom life, dating, co-parenting, even friendship questions. Um, Our Dear Mommies segment is presented by NHTSA. Okay, so let's go with question number one. Hey, ladies, did either of you have babies who didn't warm up to dad at first? If so, how did you change that and how long did it last? My three-month-old doesn't want to be held by anyone but me. And if I ask my husband to hold or watch him to give me a break, the baby scream cries until I take him again. I'm not opposed to letting him cry a little in a few months, but right now when he cries, he just screams. Oof. 
that's hard. That makes me sad thinking about that because that's hard on every, everybody, everybody. mom, dad, and baby. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I definitely can relate to this. I feel like all my babies have just been like mommies babies, but I yeah, feel like yeah. it's natural. You know, they, they know your scent, you know, they know your heartbeat, you're their comfort. A lot of the time, especially newborns, I don't know when the age is, but they don't associate themselves separately from you yet. So That's they so interesting. Yeah. So they think that like, like they call it like the, the, the mommy baby, like, I don't know what you call it. Like, but they really think that you are one person. So when they're separated, I guess it kind of makes it, you know, like maybe a natural explanation that they just feel like they're separated from their own self. But I do understand moms need breaks. <laughs> it's, yeah. Moms need showers. Dads need bonding time. I feel like that's yeah. really important. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so I feel like my advice would be if your partner is up to it, is to baby wear. I feel like baby wearing has so many benefits. Yeah, that's really smart. Baby wearing kind of gives them that feeling of being like snug and next to the heart and makes it feel more womb-like. And so maybe that would be something that would be comforting to the baby. Plus, I will say Tanner does not know how to hold a newborn. He is one of those guys that's like the awkward hold. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm like, what are you even doing? (laughs) (laughs) But still third baby and he's still the same way. So I feel like I will put the baby carrier on him and help him get a baby into position. And that helps him so much. And it's a way for him to like not feel so overwhelmed as well because it's overwhelming for dads too when they can't. They can't comfort their baby. And so I feel like get a baby carrier. If you don't have one, give it a shot. But also know that I feel like it's sadly kind of natural that a baby just really wants to be with mommy the whole time. But it is such a short period. So hang on because. I know. Hang in there. It really, it will pass. And then you'll look back and be like, how was my child three and a half? What? I don't really have any advice for that. You gave great advice. I Evan was like a hero newborn dad. He had done it before and he knew what he was doing and I didn't. So, I mean, he really, he was like super dad. I really lucked out by having someone there who was a super duper baby lover and who had already had experience where I hadn't. So like my kids loved him I feel like almost like the same way they loved me. I don't know Aww. if that makes any sense. But no, I, think I it felt does. like in our situation, it was, I mean, he like took him for, ha- he took them for half the night and then I took them ha- with Charlie. We kind of flip flopped. Which is, uh, sounds heavenly. Uh- <laughs> yeah. It was not bad. It was not bad. Um, I also think that like, I don't, maybe this is crazy, but like, wearing a shirt that smells like the mom, like something that smells like the mom's scent, you know, like that might help swaddling kind of like what you do for like sleeping, like swaddling passy. If they take a passy, anything that'll try to like help discomfort the baby with like it's sensory, but also newborns, they don't, they can't distinct. They don't have distinct cries yet. So everything is just that. That 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 one. Oh oh my gosh. My neighbors just had a baby like a week ago and they sit in their backyard a lot. And like 
that leave their back door open. And when we play out in the backyard, which is every day, you can hear, you it. Can hear it. And I'm like, oh, God, I remember that cry. It's like Aww. the little, you know, that little bitty baby sound. It's like, That's like so loud. But it's, yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, man. Okay. Advice number two. Do you want to read this one? Yeah. She says, I'm having my third baby in three and a half years. I feel you. (laughs) This one is a big surprise and I'm terrified. My second baby came in April 2020 just as COVID lockdown hit. It was a terrifying, a terrifying experience, and he was a colicky baby. My husband was treating COVID patients. I had no help, and I had a one-year-old. The thought of going back to baby zone is terrifying. I'm actually traumatized, I think. Any advice for making the third a good experience? I'm speaking post or I'm speaking postpartum. Thank you. I mean, you get this. You had a baby so quick after another baby, and it was also a surprise. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad like saying this now, but like at the time when I found out I was pregnant, I was very upset (laughs) just because of like where I was mentally and um, how little my kids were. And then we were having a third unprepared and then COVID hit. Right. So I totally understand this experience, this position. I think it's really important what I've learned which I know is so hard, but to have your people, to have, you know, they say it takes a village and I think it's really important to have a village and however you can access that, even if, if you have the resources to pay, you know, doulas, um, babysitters, nannies, whoever, you know, you need It's like moms cannot do it alone. And I know so many of us do, but it doesn't put us in a great position and having these many little kids, you really need to like still be able to take care of yourself because if you take care of yourself, then you're going to be able to be a better mom for everybody and happy mom equals happy babies. So I think just trying to find your people, the people who love you, the people who know will give you support and to communicate to them that you need it. You know, like My mother-in-law is a really great resource for us, and it was really hard for me to let go of a lot of things and accept her help, but I've learned to have healthy boundaries and um, use her when we need her, and without, especially without her, like, our lives would be so much more difficult. So I think just, like, finding finding the people you can lean on and relying on them more than ever, like, they're going to have to, you just tell them, like, I really need you in this time of my life, especially postpartum. Yeah. When the people like our parents who are helping us now get really old, we return the favor. (laughs) (laughs) And we help them. Right. And then we help them. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, okay, so your oldest is like getting old enough now to like get preschool. Three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. So that might also be helpful. Find like a really nice preschool or Montessori school or something that you know that like your oldest is actually having fun and like making friends and socializing. And then you at least kind of have two to take care of as opposed to like three all the time. It might just help to have like a little bit of like even a break from one kid to not feel so stressed. Yeah. I think like something that's really helped with like Emerson too with us is she at that age, they want to help. They want to be active participants in your household. Yeah. So having her just kind of like having your child just kind of 
work with you through your daily tasks really helps, you know, like we're going to be doing this today. Hey, Emmy, can you, you know, hand me this? And she, she's always what she wants to be doing what we do. So she, she finds, I think a little bit of her own identity in some of that, but it also helps like take some of my totally. stuff, off of, stuff off of my plate, you know? She's very good. She, obviously, she's not like changing diapers and stuff with Reed, but she's very good when I need her to like help me. Yeah. Can you go grab this bottle or can you go grab a, can you go grab a diaper? Bella will bring me a yeah. diaper. Yeah, yeah. Or wipes or whatever. That does definitely help for sure. Yeah. And don't feel guilty about screen time in those first few months yeah, if you, you know, need it. It's going to be okay. So you got to get through. So some days if your three and a half year old has watched three movies. Then it just is like that and it's it okay. Just, it just is for the moment. And just know that grace and compassion on yourself and you got this. You got this. You really do. Leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Set cell phone reminders or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child is in the car. Look for your baby before you lock. Paid for by NHTSA. You guys, thank you so much for listening to Mommy's Tell All. Remember to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your shows. And we'll be back next week with Crystal Nielsen. She's going to share her birth story with us with her baby, Andara. Such a unique, beautiful name. So beautiful. Yeah, I love it. We'll be doing birth story episodes every few weeks. So be sure to write us on Instagram or call in at 844-844-MOMS. That's 844-844-MOMS. If you want to share your birth story. And thank you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.